Why do you say that, Father? You aren't afraid, are you? No. But I respect some of the superstitions of others. Often they are founded in fact. Live from our home in Venice, California. This is the Sixth Sense Society. I'm your host, Krista, here with our producer and tech guy, Michael. And today we are welcoming back Madame Zalema to talk about protection and protection spells. Uh, Madame Zalema was on before, and you may remember she was born into a lineage of spiritual women and draws from a variety of traditions. And she's also a professional tarot card reader who offers her readings in Spanish and English. But before we get started, Michael has a few announcements. Hi, everybody, and uh, thanks for supporting our show. Um, those of you who've contributed on Ko-Fi especially, we thank you. It's been nice to get the support and certainly helps us with our costs. So if you love our show, go to our website and buy us a coffee on Ko-Fi, and it does definitely help out and makes us feel really good. And we've got some really great shows coming up. Um, we have Spell It Out next week, which is Krista's Free For All. So if you guys have any questions or things you wanted to ask, let us know. Um, and we'll definitely try and answer those, as well as whatever subject Krista may decide to talk about off the whim so it should be a lot of fun and then to start out our, our series in June uh, Krista's dad will be back Dr. George Swimmer and he'll be talking about his experiences doing past life therapies so those of you who are really interested in the past life stuff he's a fascinating guest and I, th I think we'll have a lot of fun with him um, subscribe to our channel it, it really helps us you know if you hit the subscribe button and i don't want to take too much time because we're going to jump right in with madam zalima who's always fascinating so i'm going to kick it back to you guys and take it away krista great thanks michael welcome madam zalima hi nice how, to see you <laughs> good to see you again too and and how are you doing i'm doing fine considering what's going on i'm doing good i'm keeping positive Thank That's God. important. Yes, that is important. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's a, a really great topic considering what's going on in the world, the idea of protection. And the first thought I had was perhaps it might be good for you to explain what you mean by protection magic or protection spells. So what, what is sort of your intention when working with that? Okay. Uh, one of the things about spells, I I practice uh, Huru root work. And uh, that is a combination of African and American Indian and a lot of folk um, uh, traditions. But we, the ways, the reason it's called root work is because root comes from the earth and we use herbs and oils and candles and uh, spices, all kinds of things that are in our world. But the intention for protection is what, is what it means, protection. It gives energy, it gives an intention. Uh, protection can be from health to psychic attack to bad uh, uh, things that have, let's say you have a guest that came to your house and that guest feels a little envious of you, that energy stays in your home and you feel kind of uncomfortable, then you need, you need to do some kind of protection spell to dispel the bad energy. So, so are you taught, like, for instance, to do sort of protection magic as part of like just a normal routine in your, in your world to like protect one's home or self that you just can add it into like you would cleaning your house? Yes. Um, I do sage my house often, especially when there's a lot of negative feelings. Like, uh, for example, right now that we're all spending times in our houses and apartments and we don't go out as nor like we usually do, a lot of negative and darkness is coming up because we feel trapped. But that trappedness is in your mind. You can work with it, right? Mm -hmm. So I sage my apartment and I put incense and I play certain music, certain tones, certain waves that I find in YouTube, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And the energy dispels and you feel the change. 
That is true. You you can definitely feel um, when you've worked with cleansing of the house. Now, one of the things I was taught uh, was to keep uh, windows cracked while you were saging. Is that what you were taught or is there something else you'd like to add to that? You, you said windows locked? No, open. Yes. Oh, definitely. Cracked, yeah. You keep the windows open and especially the entrance of the house of the apartment, the door. Mm -hmm. you, what you do is you start saging from the back of the apartment. And, and you start walking towards outside the door, trying to bring that energy to leave. And when you do you work in any kind of system like clockwise or counterclockwise, or do you feel more intuitive about how you cleanse your home? Oh, that's a good question. I never thought about it. I usually go from the back towards just outside of the to the door to the entrance and usually Counterclockwise, it depends on the space that you are in. If you're in a group and you're saging the group, then then you use the counter the, the clockwise, you know, that rhythm. If you want to bring something in, if you want to get rid of something, then you do counterclockwise if you're in a group, in a circle. But in your house, you have to start from the back towards the, at the exit. Hmm. That makes sense. Now, let's talk about just some of the spells in general that you like to use. And let's go from, let's start with some really simple ones. Okay, well, the simple, I think spells have categories. That's, that's the way I categorize them. And it starts with word, then water. You can use fire, which is candles, then smells, which is incense, then sound, which is music or bones or, or rattles, or even singing. One of the most simple ones that I have used since I was a little child is water. Hmm. Water if, uh, is very interesting. Right now, I, I came across a very interesting documentary that's called Water Has Memory by um, a, a scientist that's French. His name is Luc Montaigne, and um, it, he, he is it from 2014, and they do an amazing experiment. And the reason I'm talking about water is because we are 75 to 80 percent water. Mm -hmm. The moon affects the ocean and also our bodies. So the, to go back to what I did when I was a little girl, I still do it today. Is I get a glass of water, clear glass of water, not colors or anything. And I put it next to my nightstand. And before I go to sleep, I grab the glass in my hands and I speak to the water saying, you will protect me tonight. My dream will be safe. And uh, anything negative that comes my way goes in the water. So the next morning I get up and I dump the water either in the toilet or outside the window, <laughs> wherever you want. Make sure nobody's walking by. <laughs> so you get rid of anything negative that came at night. Well, that is a yeah, that's that's the one I like from there's a, a book I really like, Spiritual Cleansing by Mika Harik, and he calls it Sleeping with Water. And it's basically the same with just a different like twist at the end. But and. I think I do that pretty much all the time myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very simple. Water is, water is, is cleansing, is alive. And whatever you say to the water will do. It's amazing. Even if you have an illness and this, when you, if you see that YouTube video that I told you called water has memory from mm -hmm. 2014, he made an experiment. He was in France and some scientists in Italy. And he, I cannot explain the experiment because it's very complicated, but the, in a nutshell, he put some DNA from a person that was ill in the water, like a microgram of a million pieces. And then he, he spoke to the water of making this person healthy. I forgot exactly the words. In Italy, they had water and the vibration and the sound of the water, of the voice in the water, travel and it got to Italy. They found it, that the water communicates. So if I think of a friend of mine that's in Brazil or in Argentina, and I am sending that person healing vibrations, that person will get it, will wow. feel it, will get to it. Please watch that video. It's going to open your mind in a way that you don't know. You won't see water the same way again.
Well, and water, I mean, water is a very popular use in many ways. So for instance, the ritual bath, and there's so many very simple, inexpensive ways to use bath for not only protection, but other ones. And the one I, I, I found recently, which I was going to try, it sounded really cool, was um, using limes. You cut up 21 yeah. limes. Yeah, you cut up the lime, you put it in the bath, and then you wipe each lime you you sort of put put on your body and kind of wash yourself with it and then you get rid of the lime and it's supposed to be a form of protection lime so i thought i'd try it because lime is i mean it's such a nice idea anyway a citrus bath and, and it'll be pretty you know <laughs> so um that was from the encyclopedia of five thousand spells um that's really a great just a reference book so, so that I like how you broke that up though with the word and water and and smell and um, so obviously you you can do them separately or combine them and make the ritual more layered I guess and the spell more layered. Uh, so as you uh, can you give us examples perhaps of some that you've used with yourself or others that you feel are pretty effective. One of the things that you need to do a spell, the first thing you need to do is calm your mind. Take a, a couple or three deep breaths and then calm your mind and feel that calmness through your body. One of my favorite hoodoo spiritual baths that I didn't do before and I tried it lately with this pandemic is a beer bath and I'm sure you heard of it. Yes. Now, you won't get drunk, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but you fill out your tub and then you, you put a kind of beer, in, you, you dump it in the water and you submerge yourself in the water and you have to put your head and your face and you, and you get up many times. And what you're doing is getting, because also it has a base of alcohol and grains, what you're doing is cleansing your body of any negativity that has gotten stuck to you. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're doing readings, sometimes clients come with certain things that they leave on your table or they get stick to you. The, the beer uh, bath, I find it exhilarating and fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good one. Another one that I learned from a pranic healer. And I was just, you know, you were talking about getting tired from readings. And so I, I call it a psychic hangover. And yeah. I was so tired one year and um, more than normal. And so he told me to take like a half of any kind of cheap salt, like a half of the carton and pour it in the water. And then just like you said, to make sure you immerse yourself because the back of your neck has a lot of also nerves and and it was amazing how effective it, it worked like right away. I would feel like someone had scrubbed me spiritually. <laughs> My headache would go away. And this was like for being drained by others through readings that that it because sometimes, you know, we're tired and we need to rest. Right. But this yeah. was different. I was just, you know, I could tell it was exhaustion because I was sleeping fine and, you know, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of, of really simple. And also what I like is a lot of these are very inexpensive. Yes. And you can just stock your cupboard with things and then grab it when you need it. Yes. If you want to layer a, a ritual, another layer to this would be you, you put a, if it's available to you and you have a bathtub with an edge, you put a white candle there. You light the candle because light is also soothing. You watch the light, you focus on the light, and you can do some mantras. If you want to layer more, then you can add, if you have a little speaker, you can find in YouTube, there is a lot of um, healing sounds for getting rid of negativity. There is the sound of a bone that continuously come or, or a flute mm -hmm. or the sound of uh, rain. You can put that and that's another layer that you're adding. And that's nice too, because you, you can kind of be a little more organic. You don't have to necessarily it sounds like once you have sort of the idea of what, what helps is that you just can put it together in your, in your own way. You don't have to have it all memorized and feel yes. like it's a lot of work because who, who sometimes when you're tired, you don't want to have to have a lot of work to do to do the spell. Yeah, because there's a lot of spells out there. There's from the simple ones like the glass of water to the very elaborate one. I even saw a, an Egyptian spell that I went, wow, you have to have a bat and stab him in the eye. And, oh, and I went, oh my God, that sounds too much. But some people 
look at the moon, the day, the colors they wear. Um, what else? Um, and this, the day of the saint that it is special for that. Mm -hmm. So it can get very complicated that you have, you're doing the spell the whole day. It's up to you, it's your choice. But I always tell people, make it your own. Mm -hmm. Do it what it feels right for you. Now, do you recommend that people keep track of their spells a little, like write it down and maybe make any notes of what happened for future references? Yes, I do that. I have a um, diary where every spell that I do for clients or for me, when, when I see the results and I like it and it's, it's smooth the way you do it, I write it down with the date and everything I used for reference. So that way you don't have to be, because once you have a, let's say 30 spells under your wing, you, you have enough mm -hmm. because there's 500 spells in the book you were mentioning, but there's more. So you can go nuts trying to find the right one. So always use your intuition and what feels right for you. Yeah, and actually, actually it's 5,000 spells. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's, it's more of a, it's kind of like an encyclopedia, I think. You're, you know, anyone that would, I suppose you could try and do a lot of them, but was, it's so nicely laid out. It's really easy to intuitively go to something that you know you would like. You're like, oh yeah, I like this kind of thing because I'm a kitchen witch. Or no, I like all this intense ritual. Um, because I, I agree with you, you don't, it's like almost like if you're cooking, you don't need to have bunches of recipes you want the ones that are going to work and taste good and are giving you what you desire as a result i like the way you mentioned like a recipe it is a recipe but make it your own if you want to add rose petals to your bath add them mm -hmm. whatever makes you feel good and makes makes it right and if you want to go as specific as the day the faces of the moon the colors that you wear it's okay too mm -hmm. Now, do you find that, you know, living under certain circumstances, people might prefer to do more protection magic than perhaps in other, for instance, like living in living in L.A., what I was sort of told by someone who's just a generally magical, smart person, he just said there was a lot of darkness here anyway because of the violence and the poverty and and that you just have to make cleansing and protection part of your routine. Do you feel that sometimes it is like where you're living does determine how much you might do sort of protection magic? Yes and no. Let me explain something to you. When we talk about a certain country or a certain person and we talk about that country has a lot of darkness and negativity, which of course it does, the more we say it, the more stronger we, we make it. So if we are saying, if this person is saying, and I, I don't doubt it, that LA has a lot of darkness, then is when people like you and me, and, and we have to think of, with our words, bring the light, because it is a lot of darkness, it's true. But the more we talk about it, the more strength we give it. So I believe in the word, in the power of your word. But I do... Since I moved to LA, one of the things I love is the openness of practicing this because in my, in my, where I come from, where I was raised, you cannot talk openly about spells and things like we do in LA. So the LA has that quality also, which is positive. Mm -hmm. That is very open to things. You know, it's very. Uh, we have a lot of uh, energies and a lot of people bringing their spells from their cultures. But it is true. But the, the, the darkness that I'm feeling, I'm feeling it until these times we're living since January. Maybe I started feeling it since December. And I, I cannot explain it, Krista. But I do feel that in LA, there's a lot of violence coming out, a lot of unrest, and a lot, because a lot of people are confused, I think. Mm -hmm. Right now, when we are in in our homes, we are dealing with our shadows that we didn't have time to do that before because we were busy shopping or watching games or going to concerts or to the beach or whatever. So now that we are all in our apartments or homes, then we are seeing more the darkness and we and, and but we all carry it inside too. 
I don't know if I answered your question, but because I tend to go everywhere. No, but... no, it's it's good. No, I, I think you did. And I, I agree with you for people that are not used to spending time with themselves and some literally are by themselves, you know, and of course they can reach out to people, but you're still physically by yourself. And yeah. uh, it can be probably a little shocking uh, because not only are they not used to it, but they had no preparation. So let's say it'd be different if even if I decided like, okay, I'm ready to do my first meditation retreat, but I'm deciding to do it. It's still a different experience than when I'm forced to do it and forced to uh, deal with the shadow and, and shadow aspect. But I wanted to add something too to the, I, I actually had the reverse feeling um in the beginning of the year, I kept, I think I talked to you and I and, and Michael about feeling like th that this empress was appearing and a lot in cards. And, and then at one point I felt these two different forces. I did feel the lower dark force, but I felt above it. And that's how I describe it. Not literally above it, this beautiful, incredible energy. And the darker energy did start to concentrate more for a mm. while, but you could still tap in to this other, what I would just feel is like this really, it was just a really good, beautiful feeling. And so I thought there were like these two energies working, I don't know, almost simultaneously that you could tap into and maybe you should be aware of both, but you don't have to stay in only one. I have a feeling that what you're saying, and I can get, I get it, is the excitement that you feel and that I'm feeling too is that we were, we needed to do this as, as, as a world, as, the, as, as a, a humanity. We needed to stop, to see our shadow, work on it, and see what the issues are that we had to work on because we were so distracted with things. So what you, the excitement and, and, and the hope that you're feeling is that through these times, I feel also that we're going to come out as better as humanity. I feel there's a race in consciousness of what's important and what's not. Um, also, politicians and world leaders need to work together now, knowing that whatever happens in Africa or India or Israel will affect me. It's not that far away. So this awakening maybe is what you felt. Maybe I, I, I would, I'm not quite sure what it all means at this point. I'm just kind of going with the flow too. Um, but, but now how would you, when you do a spell for yourself or others, is there a way that you check to see if it is taking or do you just simply watch and see what the effects are? You mean... Do, can I see if the spell is working? Well, I mean, so there are some people that have methods to sort of see if they feel like the spell sort of took even before it um, is finished or they just wait and see if the spell, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see, I'll give it like a lunar cycle, for, for instance, depending on the spell, though, I'll give it at least a lunar cycle. But do you have any ways in which you check on it or, or observe it um, to see its effect? Without the, co the communication of the client or just... Well, just that can be part of it for sure. Okay. I'm going to give you an example of a spell that I just did last week. I have a client that's uh, in another country that needed surgery for a brain tumor. Oh, wow. And the spell, well, yeah, that makes me nervous when it's something so serious because then I, I gather all my weapons, you know, all my tools, because this is something... It, the life of a person is on the line. So I did a beautiful candle spell with a beeswax little taper candle. But the first thing I did is put the seed in her brain before the surgery that she was protected by light. So right there, the seed that I put on her brain, she's already working with me. Mm -hmm. And I told her to do a special bath also before the night, that night before the surgery. And I also work with a reiki master which is a woman amazing woman that she's not a master yet but i call her a master because i have felt her work mm -hmm. and we did it at the same time of the order of the surgery so what i did is i rubbed the candle with honey and i inscribed her name and the, the doctor's name and the date of her birthday and then when when you scribe a candle with a needle it has grooves then i have these powder incense from tibet 
where a lot of monks pray 24-7 on that um, that uh, incense. And you buy it online. I'll, I'll tell you, you can find it on Amazon. And so I wrapped that on the candle, and, all, and I also did a sigil for protection. And so then it's visual. You can see the powder going in the grooves. Then I put her photograph. The herbs that I put with the spell, I burned the candle at the exact moment she was going to have the surgery. And the candle uh, and incense, and the incense went straight up, straight, never wobble, never move. It went straight up. Mm -hmm. That told me that the incense was getting to the source. Mm. Then the candle was burning, and suddenly it, it, the candle cut into two pieces, open. But the, the flame kept going. Six hours later, her husband texted me that the doctors were happy with the surgery. She's home right now, and she's feeling great. Aww. So so there, there are ways that you can see the candle, you see the smoke, you talk to the client, and it feels amazing when, when a spell works because most of the ones I use work. It's not infallible because we're human and we can make a mistake. But um, that's how I found out in mm -hmm. looking at the smoke, looking at how the candle burns, and also the feeling you get because you're looking at the candle and you're, you're sending that energy to the client. And I felt this like, like a caress inside my body, like somebody was touching me with a hand. And I have a feeling it was a Reiki woman doing the Reiki. With the three of us, we're working together. So, yes. So uh, I have um, a question about burning candles in general. Is uh, Now, some people say you should never put the candle out at all, but let's say you have a big candle and you want to have a continual burning, but you don't want to leave it burning at, uh, at home because you, you're leaving. So what is your view about can you turn the candle off and on and how would you do that? Okay, if the spell is, for example, what I just did for that client that she had the surgery, I used a small two-inch taper candle because I wanted it to be done for that purpose because the surgery lasted four hours. I'm not going to choose a huge candle for that because then I'm going to keep her in the energy that the surgery is going on. If you have a big candle because you're doing a spell of protection that lasts seven days, then what you do is when you go out, what you do is you muff the candle with a glass. And when you come back in, you light the candle again. And then you say the words that you need to say for that spell again. You just so, don't blow on the, the candle, right? No, don't blow the candle because you blow everything <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah, there, there's some people that are very strict about that even, and but, but but living in a place where there can be a fire hazard, I prefer to... Yeah, you muff it, but muff it. Muff it, yeah. Yes. And then the other question I have is, what do you do with the candle wax once it's burned, like the, the leftover? Because obviously we don't want to just bury it in the earth because it might not be, unless I guess it's beeswax, exactly. uh, biodegradable. So what would you do? What I do, beeswax, when it burns, you have very little left. If you burn those cheap petroleum candles, you have a big mess and it's a big clump. So try to use natural candles when possible. What I do is I save them if it is for a spell for um, to bring something in your life for health or, or protection or for rekindling couples. I save it until what is done what you you um, decreed is completed. Then the way you dispose it is you can, if you have a pot or a garden, bury it in your garden. If it's something that you want out of your life, like a negative energy or a, a bad person that you don't want next to you, what you do is you bring the pieces of the wax. And this is in Kudu, it's kind of tough. You go to uh, anything that has a crossroad. Mm -hmm. And you have to stay in the middle, make sure nobody runs over you. And then you dump everything there so it, it gets dispersed out hmm. by the cars or the traffic. Or you can bury it in sand and then throw it in the trash. Don't throw it in the ocean, please. A lot of people throw these things in the ocean. Don't throw it in the ocean because we poison the animals and, you know. Right. So 
bury it or also if you want to get rid of it you can go to a cemetery and bury it anywhere in the cemetery you ask permission to the spirits there first before you do that and then you tell them thank you and you bring an offering mm -hmm. like a little whiskey and you dump it in the water in the ground hmm. Uh, the spirits in there love whiskey. <laughs> they like whiskey. <laughs> I know alcohol. I didn't know whiskey was popular. <laughs> any alcohol, but um, don't bring wine. <laughs> ah, they don't like wine. Is that because of the sugar in it? Maybe. What oh. you need is a strong alcohol, like tequila oh, yeah. or whiskey or spirits, you know? A yeah. cheap one. The cheaper, the better. Uh, so, so I, you know, I was really um, impressed by some of the real simple spells I found in this encyclopedia. Uh, and there was one that just is kind of would be kind of visually fun to look at. And it's just using a, a white onion and you put at least 100 black and red pins in it and, wow. you know, like a pin cushion. And then you put it um in your front window to dispel evil and i thought that would look very dramatic <laughs> so but then i thought well what happens when the onion goes bad what do you do with the onion then yeah. what you know in general for me discarding anything magical is not talked a lot about like you know and and something that being an urban person what can i do i i don't know if there's even a crossroads around here um, so what, what, what do you do if you're using a food and if you're using food, let me tell you something. If people compost, put it in your compost. Ah, that's a good idea. But don't put the needles, the pins, right. right. You, you take off the pins and put a little bowl with salt and water and leave the pins there to wash. Salt is a good cleansing thing also. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, it, or under the moon, and then you just dry them and put them away for the next time you use them. But you can compost the onion, or you can bury it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and especially that, the onion will. I guess, I guess that one you can throw in the ocean because the onion yeah. is 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 full. So that you could throw in the ocean. Don't eat it though. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Don't cook with it unless you're giving it to an enemy. Yeah. <laughs> you can cook it up and say, hey, I invite you to dinner and somebody you don't like and you want him to go away. But there's so many things you can do to get rid of. And you're right. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of books out there how to dispose of and there's some some pretty good books. I have a, a good book that I would like to mention if it's okay. Sure. It's called Coventry Magic. I'll show it to you right here. Have you ever seen this? Uh, I can't see you right now, but Michael oh. can. <laughs> it's by Jack, Jackie Smith. Uh -huh. And, and um, you remember Mystic Journey, the candles that they were sold there? It's from her. Oh, yeah. I love those candles. Those candles are amazing. She's been doing it for years. I buy candles from her when I don't make it myself. And with the remnants of your wax, you can do, an, uh, you can do a prayer or a psalm to cleanse the wax and you can redo another candle. If you're doing a spell for something positive, keep the wax, you can redo it. I have little baggies of, of wax with clients, names and dates. Mm -hmm. If they need another spell, I reuse their waxes. I keep them. So do you just light them or do you make a little candle out of them? Do you have a way of making a, a simple kind of candle? How would you use, you know, work with the used wax? <laughs> Is this you, you have saved the wax and if the wax have spices and stuff you can sift them but you have a you need a stainless steel bowl mm -hmm. and a pot that would fit the bowl that you put water in the pot it's like ban marie like you know like you put water starts boiling you sit the bowl there you put the wax in the bowl and you have uh wood stunks or you know those uh what you eat sushi with those uh, sticks Mm, the wood sticks. Oh, chopsticks. Soup. Okay. Chopsticks. Uh, save the chopsticks because they are oh. so useful in voodoo. So what you do is you move the wax around. It's, it's warming up through the steam mm -hmm. and then it becomes liquid. Ah. Then you have your container that you want to use or you wait till it's not so hot when it's lukewarm. You put it in your hand and you can mold it your way. Like in a figurine, you can oh. make a cross, you can make a, a, um, 
a, a pyramid, you can make a little man mm -hmm. or a little woman or a heart. You can mold it yourself with your hands. Do you have to put a new wick in? Yes, you buy a cotton wick and usually you can find anything on Amazon. Mm -hmm. They have the cotton organic wicks and they have the ends. What I put is a little tape at the bottom of, of my little glass, but glass, but I glass, but I have, but I have uh, chopsticks. I don't know what happened what? there. <laughs> Are we getting attacked psychically? No, no, just a no. little tech clip. So you OK, so would you repeat that again? Let's say you have your candle liquid already that's been melted. Mm -hmm. And you have a glass that's especially for candles, stick glasses. You can recycle them too. Like the ones you use, you clean them up. And what you do is you put the chopsticks on top, resting open. Mm -hmm. And when you put the wick through the chopstick, you close the chopsticks to hold the wick up straight. Ah. Then you pour slowly the wax that's lukewarm, not hot. You put it slowly in the container and then you leave it until it cools and it will, you have a candle. Wow. It's easy. It's I, I love the chopsticks things because we always get chopsticks and I don't know what to do with well, the extra keep ones. Wash <laughs> them and keep them. They are good for candle making, for mixing, for resting them on the container so you can hold the wick. Yeah. Yes. That is, I love the idea of recycling wax. You're the first person I've ever heard talk about it. I do it all the time. <laughs> That's, I mean, it saves money. It saves the environment. It's, it's really cool. Exactly. I love it. So if you have clients that you have, that you have done uh, rich um, spells for, if you save the wax in a body with their name and what you did, when they need a spell next time, you can reuse that wax for them. It's like mm -hmm. very personal. Yeah, it could even be even more effective, kind of building yes. on the spell. Yes. I love that idea. So let's yes. also talk a little bit about amulets and, and charging them formally or informally, because in the magical world, boy, do we love our jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. So you want to know... If you have a specific thing you wear all the time, it could be an earring, a necklace, a ring, a bracelet, anything you carry in your body, you can do it as a, you can be, make it a talisman. And there's lots of rituals to do that. One that I do specifically is I build a pentagram with salt. I have a, you can do it on wood or on a, a cookie sheet if you want. So what I do is I have sea salt and I draw a pentagram with the sea salt. Mm -hmm. You see the sea salt making a pentagram. Mm -hmm. Let's say I wear a ring that I always wear, which I always wear this ring, which is a circle. I love this. This is one of my talismans. So I put the ring in the middle of the pentacle and I put in each point of the star, a little candle, a white candle. I light the candle and I burn incense. Usually I do rose incense or frankincense that I love. And then I do an incantation for that ring. Uh, spells for talismans can last seven days or it can last an hour. It's up to you what you choose. But there's a lot of them to do. And then you, you have a talisman. Your ring is your talisman. Mm. So you can make anything your talisman. Also, there are medicine bags that are on fashion right now, but American Indians use them a lot, which they hang in their neck. Have you seen those little medicine bags? Yeah, we, we came across that concept 20 years ago and we created uh, our own little medicine bags. We also were for uh, our hand fasting. We were giving a really thoughtful uh, medicine bag for us as a couple, which I still have and I hang it over. And the woman Great. explained, I, I never looked inside it, and she just explained what was in it and why. And and um, we we definitely feel they help. I, I know Michael sometimes will take his out and wear it under certain circumstances. He feels like he needs it. And I, I they're, they're very powerful, I think. Yeah, it's an amulet. And also um, the medicine bag, if you have it, you, yours might be sealed, right? 
Well, you can open it. Um, it's it's like a little pouch. Uh, so the ones that I like we have for ourselves, I did make my own based on the medicine I felt I needed. So what I needed for a variety of things, and I haven't added to it lately. But um, the they're not really sealed, but you can kind of, they're kind of cinched, and those little leather pouches. Yeah, making your own medicine bag is the best thing because there's a lot of them out there, very fashionable, mm -hmm. from ten dollars to thousands of dollars. They have stones and in uh, aquamarine and all these things. They're beautiful, but I think you should make it your own. You can make it with leather or any material or even uh, macrame or little beads. Mine was made in the in the mountains in Guatemala by an indigenous woman that I love. And she made it my color that I wanted, the size I wanted. And so I open it once in a while when the moon is propitious, you know, when I need to clear my crystals and change the, mm -hmm. the, 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 the intention. Mine has a little paper, some crystals, some herbs, uh, some grains, like um, corn, there's a big corn that is in Guatemala that's black. I have one grain in there. Little things there that is only for me to see. Nobody sees it. Right. And I wear it sometimes inside my clothes. But you can open it up, clean it up, and redo it. Mm -hmm. Sure. Michael, I think, has a commoner question. Yeah, um, the medicine bag. And, of course, you know, I, I love my medicine bag dearly. It's a big part of me, my soul. But there's a wonderful story about it. Um, and we had a black cat who was very elderly, and we called her Cabot, and she was our, our familiar, really, in every respect. Um, and I was laying down one day with my medicine bag on, and she crawled up onto my chest, and she actually reached up and broke off one of her claws and set it on my medicine bag. So I, I thought she wants me to put her claw in my medicine bag, so I did. But I thought that was the coolest thing that the cat actually would contribute willingly her claw to be put into my medicine bag. So it was really pretty cool. Oh, what a cool story. Wow. Love it. I forgot about that. You know, that little cat, she was a little black cat with big green eyes. And uh, Michael one day woke up and said, we have to go and rescue this cat and go to one of those uh, animal shelters. And I was like, why? And then we were living in a room, too, and at Lincoln Place. That's all we could afford. So we ended up with this really amazing little black cat. And what was also amazing about her, we, we got her on a full moon. And they, for some reason, they gave us this little magical bag that said Felix the cat. And then she died on a full moon. And she was really a very special little cat, I have to say. Wow. How long did you have her? We didn't have her maybe, what, three or four years. But I, when right before she died and she was really ill, when I took her to the vet, we learned that she was over 20 years old by, at that point. We knew she was elderly, but we didn't know how old. So we really adopted this little old cat. And, um, you know, she never was really like, you know, playful like a kitten or anything. And she really liked our place because we were quiet and she didn't have to deal with dogs or children. <laughs> and we were magical. But she really was very magical being. I, I'll never forget her. And and that was I forgot about that story, Michael. Thanks for sharing that. I forgot about how Cabot that did is that. Amazing. I never heard something like that. But, you know, that's amazing. That's also I don't know how to say this, but that will be his totem animal. The cat would become like a totem or a, a protection spirit, right? Sure, sure. And, and black, black is the color of protection. Another thing you can add to your spells when you're doing your candle spells, you can also add a tarot card that would be in accordance to your spell. For example, the devil card in, the, in tarot in the writer weight deck which is very misunderstood and a lot of people fear it. The devil is a good protection card. Hmm. If you want to protect a marriage or you hmm. want to protect somebody, the devil is a good card to have as a spell, hmm. uh, as a representation in your candle. You put it in your altar. That's very cool. I, I learned a, a little fact about the devil card in the history of the tarot. It is the one of the only ones or the only one that has not survived from its original deck is the devil there's no you know they 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 kind of know what it looks like whereas you know all the other trumps have survived in some form from the very first tarot deck so people had uh did something with the devil card <laughs> so yeah but I, I agree that it's very misunderstood i mean in, in general uh you know all of the the tarot 
trumps our archetypes, and you, I think there's no one way to see them, but to see them literally is probably the biggest mistake a lot of people seem to make in modern tarot. I don't think that's true. And even if you go, you go back to some of the old books, they, the fives, for instance, and in, I forget which book, it might have been Waits' book, the fives are marriage. The five of cups is like a marriage card. I mean, it's like, it's really, um, you know, it, it's, there's no one way, but I, I think that, um, you can also, what I notice, see protection in reading. So I once, um, once in a while, because, you know, you and I do so many readings over the years, you get to see all these different patterns. And so you're always, aware when there's an unusual pattern of cards because your mind goes, oh, I haven't seen that one before. So one time mm -hmm. I was at a, a party and this man, he might have been in his 30s. Uh, I did his cards and he had um, the central card representing himself. And then he had around him all four nines in a circle. And I, oh. I was probably using the, the Crowley deck um, and it created this light like and you could just see there was some this great protection around him. So I, I just said, wow, you must be really protected. And that's why I just kind of blurted it out. He goes, oh, yeah, my mom prays for me every day. Oh, <laughs> and I thought that was so cool that he shared that with me because I, I've honestly he's the only one I've ever pulling nine of a of a kind is rare in any card game and to have it so nicely laid out was I've never seen that since I've seen two or three, but not like that in a circle. And um, yeah, so you can kind of see it reflected, I think, through the card sometimes, which is, is really kind of cool. So do you yeah, have also any? Card oh, go, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Also, card number 13, the death card, is also for protection because it means if somebody is very ill, the death card is the end of the illness and there's transformation. But some people, when they see it in the reading, they think they're going to die or that something bad's going to happen. And it's not necessarily that. Yeah, that's a whole topic to talk about death and the tarot at some point, because that there, there are cards that can be death, but they're not always what people think. That's the one thing I and that's mostly from doing card readings, not from anything I've learned in books about, you know, when does death show up? Uh, so but getting back to the protection spells, um, do you have any advice as far as people that get a little crazy about protection? Like they maybe it's a it, it's almost like people that everyone that thinks they're they're cursed. And and it seems like it's good to be, you know, very well rounded with your spells and try to do things that are healing sometimes and sometimes things that are just about, um, you know, your regular life. But but sometimes it seems people get carried away with, I need to be protected. What my advice to these people would be first, why do you feel that you need to be protected? We, we have to, that's why you do a tarot reading first, right? Before a spell, you, you want to see if the person has some mental issues or some, um, or is living alone or tarot reading, it's a tool that takes that that you work with people's of subconscious, but they have in they they don't see it. Mm -hmm. So you do a tarot reading first, and then you suggest sound music uh, for healing. You suggest uh, spiritual baths, and then lighting a candle. And also, some people need more physical things. So I have kits that I sell. So, because they say, oh, how can I buy it? Where do I go? I don't know what to get. This is too complicated. I I have little kids that I send them and with explanations how to do it. And I also do some, some uh, blessing of the kit before I send it. That's but, great. I didn't know you did that. So how do people find your kits? Um, I don't have it online. Let me explain why. When you become so popular that you have a line business, then you're not doing the spells yourself. You need people packing for you. So I buy the boxes, I have the spices, I have the crystals, I have all these things and I do it by hand myself to your needs. Everybody's needs are different. So you cannot buy a spell kit like a cookie cutter for, for 10,000 people because everybody's needs are different. Sure. So let's say, let's say you're a Gemini. 
you're, I read for you, you're a Gemini. I consider that into the spell. Your sign, when were you born, your age, your sex, all these things go into a spell. So when you get the spell kit, it's personal, it's for you. So I do it by hand, I do it myself. I don't sell tons of them because I don't advertise it, but clients that know me personally and that they have a relationship for years, they know that about me and that's how I, but I don't have an online huge stock of things because I get candles from Guatemala, tiny little taper candles that burn in two hours or less. Mm -hmm. I bless them and so that's they're very personal. And I like it that way, to be honest with you. I like it that way. They're not expensive either. Well, I, I, I philosophically agree with you in terms of just the potency of a spell. And that's why if um, a person can do their own work, and it sounds like you work with the person, which is also including them in the spell, mm-hmm. it's more yeah. powerful. And uh, I'm not against some of like, I do like, for instance, Coventry candles. I think they are very well made, but you can personalize yeah. them too. You can yeah. write in them, you can do your own incantation. Uh, so anyway, I feel we can personalize the spell. It makes it much more stronger. Yes, and it's more personal and it feels, the person feels it, feels the energy. And uh, if I do a protection spell for a person and I'm and I'm considering his sign, his date of birth and all these things, it has to, the person has to feel it. They, they open the box and they, they, they feel it. And the very simple instructions. Sometimes I do a personal little tiny video with them and I show them what I'm putting in the box and how to use it. That's what I have done. But, but you cannot do too many because it's, it's time, time consuming. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, uh, and, and like I said, I, I guess to each their own. And, and uh, it, it used to be, I think, a little more personal in the beginning, but obviously magic and witchcraft is very popular these days. And, and that's, a mixed, that's a mixed blessing. I kind of feel like, you know, people may start off with something that's more commercial, but if they're really interested, they'll look for things that are deeper. You know, that's, that's part of their path. You know, maybe it introduces them to the concept and they say, well, I want to do something more personal, you know, and find people that do that or do that themselves. Um, yeah, but let's say I'm not against them buying candles like from Coventry or another uh, source. Then you can do something to make that candle personal. And I teach him how to clean the candle of energy and how to charge it with their own energy, how to carve it, put go to your kitchen and get honey and rub it in your hands and easy, you know, and you make it personal. If you cannot afford a kit that's personal for you, you can make it yourself. And I show you how it's easy. You you sound like you use honey a lot. I know you've mentioned it several times. Is that something you use for a variety of things or you said you use it to clean it, the honey? Honey is being used since the Greeks, since, uh, Oh, it's such an old, honey has a lot of energy. If you think how it's produced by the bees, mm-hmm. it is in nature, it's an antiseptic, it's proven, because before the wounds used to be cured by honey, you would put honey on a wound. If somebody has a bad burn, you can mix yogurt with honey and put it on your face, like sunburn. Mm-hmm. But honey has a special energy, and also one of the energies of honey is is the sunshine and is um, sweetness. So if you want to make your life sweet, use honey Mm. with your spells. You can put honey in your bathtub, Mm. you know, two, three spoons of honey. And it's moisturizing for your skin. I use it on my face a lot. Honey is amazing. But try to find real honey. Today is difficult to find real honey even if they're mark uh, organic and all that, because I, I I read somewhere, I think two years ago, that most of the honey, China buys it and they mix it and they, they add syrup and stuff and then they repackage it and sell it. So make sure your honey has a source that is one source. And is if you live in California, buy California honey. Well, probably farmers markers have a lot of like small businesses. Yeah. They might that show you where and how they do things. You know that. Yeah. Uh, you wash your face. You wash your face and put honey on your face. 
and it's of, of course it's sticky. Some people don't like that feeling. But then you put it in your face and you think you're getting healthy and your skin is good. Then you can put your cream on top and you go to sleep in a pillowcase that you don't care too much about. Ah, a honey mask. It's amazing. it's amazing for the skin. But for spells, honey is potent, especially for health, for protection and for love. So when you do the candle, you just rub the honey in the candle. Is that correct? Or I put a, a half a spoon, teaspoon in my hand, and then I rub the candle before you scribe it. So you have mm, grooves. Right. So, so the honey goes in the grooves and then you use your powders, whatever spice or incense you can rub on the, on the candle for the purpose that you're, you're using it for. Oh. Well, before we, we're getting closer to the end, I wanted to know how people can reach you. Is it your website for readings and consultations? Uh, what is the best place to find you? Instagram, Instagram is the easiest way today, Madame Sulema Instagram. But um, yes, Instagram is the easiest way. And, or uh, Madame Sulema at gmail.com. And we'll, we'll put something up on our, we usually have something up on the Sixth Sense Society website. Once someone's a guest is on our show, we always put some a contact information so people can find you there and that's SixthSenseSociety.com. So let's say, um, in sort of beginning to wrap this up, what are some of the most important things that you want to either reiterate or say about working with protection magic? Okay, the, the first thing that I would say is uh, watch your words, what you say about yourself. Uh, like, oh my God, I don't want to get sick. I, I'm not going to go to the market because I'll get the virus. Watch what you say to yourself first. First, declare that you're healthy and you're protected. That's one. Another one, I have a, an amazing website that I would like to give you. It's called the Crystal Silence League. I don't know if you heard about it. And this is a little church up in San Francisco in a, in a forest um, that they pray for you continuously. They, they get your email and you, you write them your petition paper. Mm -hmm. They print it and they fold it and put it like in a circle around a big crystal ball and they take turns to pray for you. And it's totally free. Let wow. me tell you the, the website is called crystal with a white crystal silence league dot org slash prayer requests that html and i can send it to you by text so you can put it on yeah the we'll put it i'll put a link underneath the show for people too if you send me and the they text pray for you as long as you tell them stop oh. i have them pray for an issue that i have in my family for three years continuously, and they send you an email telling you, we have prayed for your petition. It's wonderful, it's totally free. Wow. Is it's it a amazing. particular spiritual group behind it? They do Huru work. That's where I took my ah. uh, my certificate. With Caroline Ayombo, Caroline, I don't have her name. Her last name escapes me right now, mm -hmm. but she's an amazing woman. She, she gives, um, uh, classes of herbology and spells, how to make candles, all the things. Most of the things I learned when I came to the United States was from her. Mm. Yeah, the, the, the hoodoo does seem very rich in its practices. I've mostly just, you know, browsed through the sites and learned through osmosis through you. And there, uh, there's some other people I've met that practice the hoodoo. And it, it does seem very, very rich, I would say. And, and, um, Lots of herbs and, <laughs> and things, which I think is really wonderful. People can learn anything with plants and herbs. And uh, they are alive. They have spirit. Every herb, every plant has a spirit. Another thing that I would recommend for people that are feeling um, anxious and, and they don't want to do any spell, they can do a prayer at night, which is to forgive everyone and themselves before they go to sleep. Can I tell you what the prayer says? Sure. It says, I forgive, this is a metaphysical prayer. I forgive all that need my forgiveness and myself. Uh, I, I invite my spiritual guides to use my dreams to do the good who, for whoever needs good 
and to heal whoever needs healing. And then you say amen or thank you, and then you go to sleep. That's oh, a simple thing you can do. That is very simple. And, and your glass of water. Yes, <laughs> the glass of water. I, I recommend it highly as well. Well, thank you so much for coming back um, and talking to us about protection magic. We always enjoy your thoughts and your experience, and we hope you enjoy it too. Oh, I enjoy you guys so much. Thank you and bless you. Be safe. And I hope I see you soon. Yes, me too. So, and thank you everyone for watching. Join us next time as we continue to explore the esoteric and the obscure together. Have a great and safe week.